Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Let's bring in Ryan McGreal, editor, raise the hammer, talk about the LRT issue. And again, if you want to uh, hit us with some uh, comment, we'd love to hear from you. Ryan, thanks for taking the time. Much appreciated. For sure, Scott. You know, I'm reminded of another classic song. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, wow, what an emotional roller coaster this has been. All right, let's, um, I, I can imagine how you feel about this. Uh, we'll try to do it backwards. Lately, or, or recently, uh, Mayor Fred just releases information uh, that the government had uh, provided uh, them on in their December meeting, uh, this all stemming from the September 26th meeting. Um, way back when, uh, your thoughts on how uh, the mayor handled this, keeping this away from council and such, is that an issue? How do you feel about it? You know, I, I don't always find myself agreeing with uh, Spectator columnist Andrew Dreschel, but his column yesterday ended by saying that if Mayor Fred had shared this information with council and with the public, it would have given us an opportunity to get organized and mobilized and actually be ready for this announcement when it came as a complete shock to everybody. So. Uh, I think there was a real missed opportunity there for the mayor to show some political courage and bring that information to us and give us a chance to do something with it. You know, he refused to sign an NDA, which is a bizarre request in the first place and to his credit. But then he didn't use the freedom that he ensured by not signing an NDA to do anything with that information. So I'm a little confused. Yeah, I, I, I pose the same question. Um, that being said, his his response to that was didn't want to interfere with the uh, procurement process. Uh, there was three uh, organizations, three companies involved in bidding on this. Uh, your response to that answer? I, I get it. It seems like a very sort of safe legalese kind of an answer. I, I can appreciate... When you're, when you're sort of trying to engage in good faith and within the norms of a process, and when you're dealing with somebody who's maybe not necessarily doing that, you're almost fighting with one hand behind your back. So I think we have to give the mayor a little bit of credit that, you know, you know, if to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he was hoping that this process would unfold yeah. in, a, in a normal and predictable way. If that had happened, then what he did wouldn't be under so much scrutiny right now. But with literally just three months to go until the three consortia are going to be presenting their final offers, um, you know, for a government uh, in Ontario that claims to be open for business and saying we should take a more business-like approach, I can't think of a less business-like approach than to cancel a competitive procurement process based on numbers that have come from who knows where. We're not allowed to know how the numbers were calculated, and we're not even allowed to know who calculated the numbers for the government. Uh, This is a crazy, non-transparent, non-business-like way to make important investment decisions. Um, uh, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty in the sense of the mayor and, uh, you know, do you release this information thus creating a stir uh, of to which has pretty much calmed down for the most part, like the, the end is near. Uh, do you, do you, do you make the decision to release that information and stir things up while the pro- uh, procurement process is underway or do you try to uh, keep things calm as, as it gets over the finish line? Um, is it fair? Is it fair for council to take its position? Is who's to blame here? Well, I mean, it's. I think it's really easy for us to armchair quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, out, when we're outside of that process. Yeah. I, I think there is probably a way to thread that needle if you're thinking strategically to say, look, the the Ontario government is sending us some signals saying that they're concerned about the costs being higher than we had originally talked about. Yeah. Uh, let's get that. You know, without, without releasing the actual, you know, the actual details, they can say, look, they've been giving us some 
uh, some preliminary numbers. Look, if you look at the uh, well, they the didn't numbers, give where well, there weren't a lot of details. There were just some, you know, some some estimates and such. Um, it's, it's really high level, and the only difference that I can tell from what uh, the mayor received a couple of months ago and what the the government um, put out on Monday was that essentially the government took the top ends of the kind of yeah. price range bands that they had put earlier. So that that just the whole thing strikes me that there's something politically there's something going on with the government. They have made this sudden knee-jerk movement uh, apropos of nothing uh, without any um, without any good business argument that I can perceive. I don't I, that that suggests to me that there's something political going on, but I don't have any inside information on that. Um, what I do think is that they've made a huge mistake. Whatever they thought they were going to accomplish, it didn't come out the way they thought it was going to. They didn't get the reaction that they were expecting in Hamilton. Maybe somebody was telling them, oh, people in Hamilton don't really want this. You'll be doing them a favor. Believe me, it's going to go down really well. I can imagine a few people who you know, might be you know, trying to present that information. But as we know from the last election, uh, Mayor Fred won a, a commanding majority, you know, 54%, with a um, a solidly pro-LRT message. So to claim that this city doesn't support LRT, someone's getting bad information. Uh, let's be honest, though, Ryan. That's It's been a hell of a journey here to get to that point. And, you know, to even say that just because the mayor was elected, as opposed to the, the challengers, uh, solely on LRT, is a bit of a stretch. I mean, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the, the nod that obviously Mayor Fred wanted handily, and he's a supporter of LRT. But, uh, but again, to, to say that 70% of the city wants LRT, and, 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 I, and, I, and I hope you're right, but, but I, I think those numbers are kind of high, and I think that's why we're seeing the mixed reaction that we're seeing. No? Well, I, I will say that, you know, and, and again, you don't want to spend too much time going back and refighting no. a municipal election that's over, but the main challenger defined his entire yep. candidacy around his opposition to LRT, mm-hmm. and he took something like 35% of the vote. Yeah. No, so, uh, so, so, so to claim that the city is sharply divided or that it's evenly divided, I think there's a solid... Uh, majority of Hamiltonians that just want to see this thing get completed. I think and we I think we certainly came to that point. I think we certainly arrived at, all right, okay, it's going in, let's get her done, let's get her done. And then this is, you know, it's just, I think it's caught everybody by surprise. So the government saying it's still going to contribute the $1 billion. What do you make of that? Because, again, the way they are presenting this is, hey, uh, we got a billion dollars uh, to, to, to give you. Uh, if you want to put it towards LRT, that's great, but uh, that's our limit, that's our cap. That's where we're stopping. Uh, that 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 message seems to be resonating with some. So it's an interesting thing because if you actually look at the way the LRT project is going to be or was going to be uh, funded, um, the 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 procurement model that Metrolinx has been using is a a P threes, you know, a public private partnership. So what happens is you have three companies um, who are selected from a larger group uh, who are qualified bidders who can bid on a project of this scope. The winning proponent finances, builds, operates, and maintains the LRT system for 30 years. There is no billion dollars. There was never a billion dollars. It is the proponent that wins the contract that's going to go out and finance yeah. the construction cost. So this idea that there's a billion dollars sitting in a provincial bank account, what did we spend in Hamilton, that's just wrong. It's never been true. And so if they actually want to spend a billion dollars on other things they're going to actually have to come up with that money from somewhere. You know, the billion-dollar capital cost for LRT is going to be amortized over the 30-year operating contract. If that doesn't happen, 
you know, how do you make a decision on how to spend a billion dollars? That's a multi-year process of looking at various different options, doing cost-benefit analysis. You'd have to go back to the drawing board. It's it's an absurd um, kind of bone to throw at us as a way of, of assuaging our, our frustration that this project's been canceled. We remember way back when, when this, and again, like you said, I want to take some time to talk to you about the future moving forward, so hopefully this last point I'll make on this, but most of these situations are a third, a third, a third, a third of the municipality, a third of the province, a third of federal government moving forward. Um, we remember how hard it was to even get the city to, to, to commit to an LRT, and then once the funding arrived, even then there was still a discussion about it. I remember having Premier Wynn on the air and her laughing that we were still debating even after the money had theoretically uh, already been granted. Um, and I remember talking to to others in Kitchener that said, man, you know, like this is costing us a third, a third, a third. You're getting yours for free. Um, you know, why are you even debating this? Why are you even questioning this sort of thing? Was it naive way back when not to come up with some sort of more sustainable plan like the other cities are? So I guess the one of the things that um, one of the reasons why the Metrolinx uh, Move Ontario 2020 model was developed in 2006 and 2007 was the recognition that that old one third one third one third breakdown was almost impossible for cities to take advantage of. Yeah. You know, there was a good quarter of a century, a good 30 years in Canada when almost nothing got built because municipalities just don't have the tax base to come up with three or four hundred million dollars to put towards a capital project. So the Metrolink's concept was, okay, we change the, the funding arrangement, we guarantee 100% full capital funding from higher levels of government, which have the power of collecting tax and, and various different revenues, and the province will actually own and operate the infrastructure yeah. in the city. Yeah. You know, Waterloo, uh, the, the, the region of Waterloo is contributing, I think it's about 25 28%, a little less than a third, but at the end of the 30 years, Waterloo owns that system. So it's actually, so they, they've put some skin in the game, but they're going to have a capital asset at the end of the day that yeah. they own and control. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Where does this go from here? Or is this dead in the water? Uh, what about other forms of government? Where, what about the federal government on this? You know, Scott, if, if I was a half glass half empty guy, I would have given up years ago. Yeah, it's a good uh, point. <laughs> and you know, many have said just because it didn't happen this time doesn't mean it's not going to happen in the future. Uh, you know, there's. Uh, I, I used to have a friend who uh, uh, years ago played as a receiver for the Ticats, and they used to joke that CFL stands for can't f and lose because with the <laughs> the field size and the three downs, yeah. if you're ahead, you can't just run out the clock. The uh-huh. game can change right down to the last second. It's yeah. one of the reasons why I think Canadian football is actually more fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Hamilton politics is the same way. Nothing is ever over. Nothing is ever settled. There's always an opportunity for a last-minute change of fortune. Uh, I think the Ontario government made a mistake, you know, and I think they're treating Hamilton unfairly. Uh, if you look at, you know, uh, literally just a couple of months ago in October, uh, Metrolink signed a $4.6 billion contract that's over 30 years to build, operate, and maintain the uh, Mississauga here, Ontario LRT system. Now, right. that's an 18-kilometer line, so, you know, significantly longer than Hamilton's system, and um, at a much lower price than the estimate that the government has come up with for Hamilton's system. You also, you know, I'm sure you saw, uh, you know, yesterday your colleague Bill, Colley, uh, Bill Kelly sort of had Joe Mancinelli on. Mm-hmm. The, the, the consortia are saying, we don't know where the government's getting these numbers from. These are really high. You know, the government has made a mistake. Um, They're treating Hamilton unfairly. And I'm calling on Premier Doug Ford 
fix it. You have an opportunity right now. It's not too late. Fix this. Have they the left payment process back online? Have they left? Have they left the? Have they left the door open, Ryan, by uh, saying a the billion is still on the table, and b you know the task force if and and both Ford and and Mulroney I believe said this that hey uh, you know if the task force comes back and says that's the way to go that's the way to go so is there a presentation to be made there or is this just lip service? I I hope it's not just lip service. I mean I think they. Again, they made the announcement. I think maybe they thought it was going to go a certain way when Minister Maruni showed up and there was a very large, angry crowd of people who were waiting to hear what she had to say, you know, and she actually canceled her press conference. It's clear that, that they were not expecting this going to be, to be received the way it has, yeah. and they have been walking it back progressively as the week has gone on. I think there is definitely a real opportunity for the people of Hamilton to make it very clear that we expect to be treated fairly. We expect the same treatment as Mississauga and Toronto and Ottawa and these other cities. And we expect the government to do the right thing. We expect Mayor Ford to to make this right for us. What about those that want the billion for something else? Do you think they'll, where do you think their voice fits in in all of this? Well, you know, it's, it's a liberal democracy. Everybody has a right to share their opinion. Everybody has a right to say what they think uh, should happen. But, the LRT, you know, was approved and has survived through all of the trials and tribulations because it is the best plan. It's the biggest benefit. Uh, you know, it provides the most overall advantage to the city over the next 30 to 50 years. Look at in, in Waterloo Region. You don't have to drive very far down the road to get to a city that built a system very similar to what we're getting. Their system literally just started operation this year. They've already got over $2 billion in new private investment that's directly related to LRT all along that corridor. It's a massive game changer. If you want Hamilton to prosper, to flourish, to really be an economic engine for Ontario, we need this investment. So um, um, getting back to uh, the mayor and the, the meeting and when this all first started, let's say the mayor had made this public, although they did ask him to sign a non-disclosure agreement, which means here we're going to tell you this information, but you can't tell anybody. Um, so, and obviously he didn't do that. But say he had way back when, even in September, uh, had said that, um, you know, the government's getting getting uh, cold feet on, on the numbers and so on and so forth. How could we have changed this? How could how could this have moved forward without some other sort of fiscal uh, contribution to it? Well, I think what we could have done is started challenging those numbers that the province is putting forward right off the bat. You know, at this point, maybe we'd actually have some better numbers. Uh, I mean, this idea that it's going to cost $5.5 billion uh, for a 14-kilometer LRT, it just doesn't make any sense. People in the industry who are familiar with what these projects cost don't know where the numbers are coming from. Uh, the consortia who are bidding on the project don't know where the numbers are coming from. Um, you know, uh, And the government refuses to tell us how the numbers were calculated or even what entity they used to do the analysis for them. This is not transparency. This is not good governance. You know, If we had more time, we would have had time to mount a you know, essentially a public campaign to say, you need to keep on the right track. You need to make sure not to derail this based on whatever internal politics are happening at Queen's Park right now. Um, Over and above uh, uh, Hamilton Council, um, do you expect developers to apply or are they applying any pressure to uh, the government to change its position on all of this? Over and above what the mayor and council are saying, and and the council's been kind of quiet really since all this has has, uh, 
the mayor's released the information and such. Um, but are you expecting anyone else to speak up on this? Oh, I imagine all of the stakeholders who've been lined up in support of LRT all along are all going to speak out. You know, the anchor institutions, um, you know, the Home Builders Association, the Real Estate Association, the Chamber of Commerce, you know, the business improvement areas. I mean, every, you know, the, you know, as you say, a number of developers who actually have shovels in the ground right now and ongoing projects that were built based on the assumption that LRT was a done deal. You know, there's, I mean, you know, there's potential legal ramifications for pulling out of this project at this stage in the game. Um, I, I, there's a lot of people who have a lot invested, um, you know, emotionally, politically, uh, and financially in hem- seeing Hamilton get treated fairly in this situation. And I think we're going to hear a lot of voices come forward in the next little while. So w- what's the timeline here? How much time d- d- do do we have to keep this before it's officially cold? Well, the province has said that they want to have this task force up and running by February. So The mayor says he hasn't heard anything yet on the task force. I'm sorry? I, the mayor says he hasn't heard anything as of yet on the task force, but I guess no surprise there. Yeah, and, and who knows what kind of process they're going to follow there or who they're going to appoint or what criteria they're going to use. But that certainly gives us a window to start uh, making the case loudly and uh, and with a lot of voices united to uh, make sure the government knows that they're not going to get away with just doing this with impunity. Ryan McGreal has been with us, editor, Raise the Hammer. Ryan, as always, thanks so much for the time. Much appreciated. Good luck. Likewise, Scott. It's a real pleasure chatting with you. Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML.